Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the ninth chapter, and let's pick it up at verse 14. It says this, Then the disciples of John. So it gives us a little bit of a timing reference right here. You know, we've just come out of a particular account, a particular thing. You can see the, listen to the previous episodes to see what had been going on. Uh, but uh, Matthew is pushing the narrative on. Okay, he's saying, okay, then the disciples of John. It doesn't mean immediately at that time, but he says subsequent to that, at some point in time, the disciples of John came to him, asked him, why do we and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. Now, Mark and Luke both have an account of this same event right here. We're not going to read those like we have previously. I'll just throw in where the differences are, or the additional things that are given to us. And right here, we see that in Matthew, it's the disciples of John that say, hey, we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't. Mark tells us that the Pharisees and the disciples of John uh, were fasting. Okay, Mark and Luke tell us that, that they were in the midst of a fast. And so they're asking uh you know, the disciples, they're saying, hey, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? He's asking Jesus this. Why is it they don't fast? Well, Jesus answers them. Verse 15 of Matthew 9. Jesus said to them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So Jesus is going to give a couple of pictures to explain why they're not fasting at the moment. He doesn't get into a doctrinal debate with them. He's more often than not painting these word pictures. So he uses the picture of, of a bridegroom. Okay, And he said the attendants that are taking care of the bridegroom, they're not mourning as long as the bridegroom's with them. What are they doing? Well, they're rejoicing because the bridegroom is with them. But he says the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. That's interesting. Jesus is dropping all of these hints, which we can see clearly uh, on this side of the events, okay? But at the time, they didn't see it. And Jesus actually tells his disciples that later, that, you know, that, that they will understand what is happening later, that kind of mindset, okay? So he's saying what? He's saying, oh, I'm the bridegroom. They're not fasting because they're with me. I'm here right now. But then he continues on. In the 16th verse, he says, but no one puts a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. So he starts to give another word picture right here. Luke actually calls this a parable. Luke says this in verse 36 of what chapter, the fifth chapter. He says, and he was also telling them a parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. And so he calls it a parable type thing, and it is. So back to Matthew. Jesus is saying no one puts a patch of unshrunk, that's like new cloth, on an old garment. Well, why is that? For the patch pulls away from the garment, and a worse tear results. 
In other words, uh, it hasn't been shrunk yet. We don't encounter that near as much in today's clothing as even when I was being raised when I was growing up. If you had a pair of old blue jeans and you put new uh, cloth on it to patch a hole or something like that, it once you started washing it, started wearing it, it would shrink and it would tear the other garment out, the rest of the garment. He said the tear would be worse. No, nobody knows that. He says everybody knows that. But then he gives another picture, verse 17. Nor do people put new wine into old wineskins. Now, why in the world is he talking about new wine and old wineskins? Well, if you're, where, if you're raised in a society to where you made your own wine, okay, then you understand exactly what's going on. That's what's going on there. Uh, if you're raised in a society that doesn't do that, perhaps you don't understand quite what's going on. So it's, it's the same principle that you saw with the garment. He says, you don't put new wine into old wineskin. He tells why. Otherwise, the wineskins burst, and the wine pours out, and the wineskins are ruined. The other Gospels also tell us, and you lose the wine. But they, took, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. The new wine is preserved, and the fresh, the new wineskins well, why is that? Well, the fermentation of uh, uh, the fruit of the vine into wine is just a chemical process. If that chemical process is going on with old wineskins that have already been through it and have already expanded, then more than likely they're going to rupture when they experience this again. If you put the new wine into fresh wineskin, as the wine begins to ferment and goes about its process, then the wineskin will adapt. In other words, the new wineskin is necessary for the new wine. And he's actually, again, given a very, very vivid uh, picture here, a word picture of what is yet to come in the new covenant, of how we become new creatures, new creation. The new wine, the new presence of the Lord himself is poured into us, and we are to put to death the old wineskins. And we're to put to death the old wineskins. We have a new wineskin. Uh, the prophets even talked about that, talked about how God would give us a, a new heart, a heart of flesh for a heart of stone. Okay, And so he's showing us the process that takes place in regeneration. And he's teaching this within the context of uh, questions from the disciples of John. You know, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Uh, why were they motivated to ask that question? Well, perhaps they were hungry. Maybe they were hangry, okay? Uh, fasting can be difficult like that. It's the disciples of John, too, okay? They were asking if it's the Pharisees that have been one motivation for asking that, okay? But the disciples of John uh, asking that, that, I think they probably really wanted to know why this was occurring. Now, let me share one more verse with you, and this is out of Luke chapter 5. And it's the last verse. You go through the same account same way. And Jesus says this, but new wine must be put into fresh wineskin. Then he says this in verse 39, chapter 5. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. It's an interesting verse. I wish I could tell you unequivocally exactly what that means. I think I know what it means. I think it means actually several things. It could mean the idea that a lot of times people are satisfied with the old wine, okay? And they just want to sit back with the old wine, and they don't want the new, and they want the, don't want the hassle of going through with the new. Because you got to have the new wine, you got to put the new wine skins, all that kind of stuff. And he says, no one, after drinking the old 
wishes for new, for he says <coughs> the old is good enough. He may be acknowledging that, yeah, a lot of times people are sitting there saying, hey, my, my life's fine. I'm, I'm not that bad. You know, I'm religious. I do this. I do that. That you may not wish for the new, but you need the new. You need the regeneration of the new. There's also the idea of uh, that uh, when you take the new wine, you become the new wine, you become the new, new wineskin, that it will mature over time, and it will become the old wine. It will become the mature wine. It will become the good wine, okay? And the old is good. But the idea here where it says the old is good enough, you know, it gives me the idea that people will be sitting there thinking, no, I'm satisfied with what I have now. But there's really more that we need to be seeking and pursuing. Okay? Anyway, thank you so much for your time. I'm Dale. I'll see you in the next episode. Okay?